Hello, everyone, and welcome to Topics in Faith, part of the In Faith series of podcasts. I'm your host, Daniel Didek, and this week we're continuing with our redefinition of labor and Sabbath rests, and looking specifically today at a few definitions of work that we find. Should be an interesting journey, so let's get on the road. So for today, as I mentioned last week, it's going to be a little less scripture-heavy as some of the ones we've done in the past because... It is primarily kind of my own thoughts, I might say a response, but not really a response, to the Right Now podcast episode about is writing hard work and some of the thoughts that came out of there. But I do want to bring it up here, again, because we're looking at sort of redefining the Sabbath commandment and looking at it's not that we must work six days and if we can drag ourselves through those six days of labor, then on the seventh day we get to have a rest that we look forward to. And that rather the intent of that commandment was that if we are following the calling that God has put on our lives, we should be so excited to work that we have to be commanded to stop every couple days and take a rest to let our bodies recharge, to make sure that we're spending the time focusing on God that we need to spend. And this still isn't to say that you will never have a hard day. Okay, and we're going to get into that a little bit today, I think, later on as we go. But I do want to just point that out here that like, that's, that's not what this is about. And so instead, today, the frame of mind I want us to be in is that if we are able to find this calling, if the work that God has created for us to do, for me to do, for you to do, is in such a fashion that as we're doing it, we're so passionate about it that we must be reminded to take a day off. There might be some attitudes that pop up from those around you on how they perceive the work that you're doing. And some of these criticisms I have heard myself, whether directed at me or directed at someone I knew. And the first one that we want to look at is this idea that, again, was this this right now Um, podcast episode by Sarah Warner about what is hard work. And this can happen kind of whether you're following, you know, the call on your life or not, is that there's this perception that some work is harder than others. And so, you know, depending on what it is you find yourself doing, especially for me, you know, as a writer, it can feel like it's hard. And there are times where I can kind of not necessarily complain, though I might complain, I suppose, about like this, you know, I had a really hard day today. And the interesting, so one of the things she brought up as she was doing this episode was that when we look at work, when we look at the definition of work, the definition from the dictionary is not too bad of a definition. It was something along the lines of like effort put forward in order to achieve an objective or something like that. And so it seems innocuous enough. But the funny thing is when you look at synonyms for the word work, it's all things like labor, drudgery, toil, um, you know, things like this. That's sort of our, you know, perhaps the the ideas around work that we're familiar with. That is something that's, you know, it's an obligation, it's a requirement. And the funny thing is too, that when you look at the antonyms, the opposite words, I think she said the first antonym listed for the word work is fun. And so automatically in our minds, we have this idea that like work should not be fun. Whether we mean that intentionally, as if to say like, you know, fun is the stuff you do when you're free to do whatever you want. 
that depending on what it is you find to do, if it's not a responsibility imposed upon you, you're going to choose to do something fun. And so we may not intentionally think of work as being the opposite of fun. And yet, because rather, you know, we automatically define what we do with our free time and not when it's like, well, we have yard work to do and we have, you know, home repairs or we have whatever it is. Like if you're totally free from all responsibility, the thing you'll choose to do by and large will be something that you would consider fun. And so by default, then if that is what fun is, then responsibilities are automatically not fun. And the pitfall here can be that when we look through scripture, sometimes this seems to hold up, that work itself is not fun. We see it in Ecclesiastes, where everything is meaningless. (laughs) And we even see it in Genesis 3, when God curses the earth. He says, by the sweat of your brow, you'll eat your bread. And so farming is one of those jobs that's considered, like by and large, it's really hard work. You're working long hours. And especially these days, depending on the size of your farm, if you don't have like over a thousand acres, it's really not very profitable anymore either. And so it's a lot of hard work, a lot of long days, a lot of sweat and toil for not a lot of return. And that starts to feed into this idea of like, you know, farming is hard work. And in the episode that I've been referencing, you know, she uses the uh, coal miner, like coal mining is hard work. And if that is hard work, then writing or any sort of like creative endeavor really cannot then be hard work. But I, I start to wonder, and I've run into this in my own, in some of the places I've gone where I've done hard work, you know, hard physical labor at least, is that if you were to ask that coal miner to write a 200,000 word fantasy novel, if they would not think that that was impossible. And so even though there is hard work that is hard physically, there is certainly hard mental work, at least in terms of for those who don't have the mindset or the inclination or the desire to do those types of tasks, they would consider it impossible, not just hard, but impossible. Like if you put a gun to my head, I could not sit down and write a book of that size. Like I just wouldn't be able to come up with a plot. I wouldn't be able to come up with characters. I would not be able to sit and just make myself write 200,000 words or even 100,000 words or 50,000 words. And so it's funny sometimes where because it may look easy to someone who's not trying to do it, they can then criticize you and say, you're not doing, you're not working very hard. What can happen then because of this attitude, this sort of denigration of work that is not hard, that can become a discouragement to us that when we find what it is God has called us to, and our passion is such that, you know, we want to spend all day, every day doing it, we can begin to devalue that possibly because it's like, well, I should be doing something that is hard and this does not feel hard to me. And so that's one of the things we need to let go is, is the assumption that or the feeling that like maybe you're cheating somehow, if what you're doing comes easily to you, that it somehow doesn't count, that whatever it is God has called you to will be the most difficult, hard thing you can possibly do. And if it's easy, it can only be because you're gratifying the flesh. Even if you may think that God has called you to this thing, it was like, no, if he was really calling me to it, it would be hard for some reason. But then it's interesting when we look at Hebrews chapter 13, verse 17, 
The writer of Hebrews, I call him Paul because it reads very much like a Pauline letter, says, have confidence in your leaders and submit to their authority because they keep watch over you as those who must give an account. Do this so that their work will be a joy, not a burden, for that would be of no benefit to you. And we can get into the idea that preaching the word of God is not like the pinnacle of all possible callings. Okay. It's another one of those things where we are the body of Christ. Each part is put in its place to fulfill its role in ways that God has placed it. So he has placed some to be apostles, some to be teachers, some to be X, Y, Z. And it is not more or less important in that sense to do one or the other. It can feel like the preacher is the most holy of tasks, the most holy of callings, because the preacher gets to spend all their time focusing on God and discovering more about God in order to preach about it. But we can all spend all of our time giving everything that we have and everything we, that we do to God. So, and I think you should. Since there is no longer one calling is better than another, and since Christ has redeemed partially the curse of the ground, we do still Um, In order to eat and drink, sometimes there is hard work to do. And again, certainly for the farmer, it is no easy thing to grow food. And so it's not that, you know, by the sweat of your brow, you'll eat from the land. That has not necessarily gone away. But we have this sort of redemption of one of the things Jesus says is, come to me, you who are weary and heavy laden, I'll give you rest. For my yoke is easy, my burden is light. We see this other verse that we just read that, you know, we should try to make the work of our leaders a joy and not a burden. And so we should begin to see work that is done for the kingdom differently than we see work done for our own food and drink. Jesus himself said, why do you worry? Saying, what will we eat or what will we wear? For the pagans run after such things. And it's in spending yourself just pursuing those things that work can become very hard because you're chasing the money and you're chasing the food and clothing and these necessities, thinking you have to get them under your own power, that that begins to become hard work and a drudgery and a toil because it's only for the responsibility of it, not because we get to work for the kingdom. Another word or another sort of description around the idea of work that people love to throw around is the idea of a real job. Because oftentimes writing is viewed as that's not a real job. Or it's great that you want to do that, but you need to go get a real job because you have to pay real bills. And what is most often meant when people say getting a real job is a job where you work a set number of hours and you get paid a set number of dollars. And as long as you put in the hours, you get the dollars. It doesn't necessarily matter how productive you are. It doesn't matter as much depending on the job. It is not your responsibility necessarily, unless you're a salesperson, in which case there's commission. And so then, you know, then the amount you get is less certain than it is for someone who's simply paid an hourly wage. And creative pursuits don't guarantee dollars. I've put over a thousand hours, I think, into writing my books and doing this podcast. And I think probably if you worked it out, I've made something around one cent per hour so far. But God's kingdom also does not always operate on such simple principles. Jesus, in his ministry here on earth, never seemed to worry about pay scales or benefits or paid time off. If he was busy with the crowds, 
He woke up earlier or stayed up later in order to meet with his father. He did try sometimes to get away from the busyness and was only sometimes successful. Other times the crowd pursued him and found him out. And when they arrived and when they found out where he was staying, he took care of them. He never worried it would be worth his time or whether or not he was valued enough. That's kind of one of the the key phrases these days is finding your value, finding your worth in the job market and making sure that you are paid what you're worth. And yet we never see Jesus worrying about that. During his ministry, at least, he not once worked a real job. And while Paul, we know people are very quick to bring this up as well, um, <laughs> when you start talking about things like this, it's like, well, Paul worked making tents even while he was doing his ministry. But I feel like it says something about Paul as well, that he was always known as Paul the Apostle and never as Paul the Christian tent maker. Another phrase people like to throw around is a good job. Not saying that you did a good job, but you should, you have the education and the experience. You could, you should be able to go out and get a good job. And in similar vein to having a real job, a good job when we talk in terms of getting one almost always means high paying is what people actually, it's their code for you should be able to get a high paying job. This again, we sort of already talked about is that the only good job we should worry about is doing one. The well done, good and faithful servant at the judgment day. And remember that your reward in heaven is not dependent on whether you had a good job here on earth or not, only whether or not you did a good job. So remember to keep all these things in mind When you start thinking about pursuing the life God has called you to, if you are not pursuing it already, and maybe you worry that it won't be considered hard work, or it might not be considered really a real job, or not even necessarily a good job, or a job that will pay you what you're worth. But by pursuing that life that God has called you to, it is the only way to receive the most important accolade of good job you will ever get. Next week, we are probably finishing out this sort of series for now. As we look at being fruitful in every season, we talked last week about the idea that bearing fruit in your work is that you have something to show for your efforts. And so we're going to look at this idea of what might it look like to bear fruit in every season. All that and more next week. Until then, keep the faith and keep it fresh.